0: I often ask myself, how can I explain God and the Bible to you in the simplest way? And that's my goal today, and I hope this helps. God's riches at Christ's expense. Letters I know he's supposed to be a good God. and I just got to tell you, though, there's a lot of things in this world that just don't make sense to me there's a lot of ugly stuff in this world and if he's a good god why is this world so ugly and oh you know i just find a hard time following something that, te- that everybody tells me is good but i see nothing but bad in the world and surely a good god if he created all things good you know if that's the case then uh you know the world sure is an ugly place and people Put the blame on God for all of the world's problems and troubles, right? Let me see if I can help you with that today and try to simplify it a little bit. Obviously, the Bible says God did create all things good. Says that, uh, you know, he created all of heaven and earth. It was all created by him and for him, created for his own glory and under his own authority Genesis 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and all those who dwell in it. And we know from the Bible that it says that God is perfectly holy. First John one five, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And we've heard it said that God requires perfect obedience to his law, James 2.10. Whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles in one point becomes guilty of all. I think the thing I've been thinking about mostly is not just God's holiness, but his perfect sovereign authority over all things as creator. And I would say the number one comment that I get is almost always something about how terrible people are, how horrible the world is, and how unfair life seems to be. And let's face it, cancer and dying young and violent storms and earthquakes and famine and war, it all seems, well, not good to say the least, right? So when I say God created all things good, I don't think people believe that. The Bible says God created all things and it was very good. People look at the world and they say, I've I, I got to tell you right there off the bat, I don't agree. Well, let's talk about that for a few minutes because God did create all things good. The problem enters in Genesis chapter three. You have mankind, Adam and Eve, stepping out from under God's authority, and they obeyed Satan rather than God. And at that point, God cursed the earth, and the curse of sin was upon mankind from that day forward. So why is the earth so sick and violent? Genesis chapter three. Why is mankind so unkind to one another? Genesis chapter three. What is life like when we step out from under the authority of God? Look at Genesis chapter three. And only a few chapters later, this curse is compounded. In Genesis chapter six, God says, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's life outside of the authority of our creator, God. And it continues, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. When we step out from under the authority of God, left to ourselves, we corrupt our own way and we add to the curse of the earth with our evil. Creation groans under this curse. Mankind adds to the curse. So even the earth is worse off because of us. But then again, you even look at... spy. I remember one day I was... uh, I was trimming or pruning and I saw a spider little jumping spiders and this one jumping spider jumped on another one and attacked it and killed it and I thought even the spiders are under the curse killing each other the plants are under the curse with all kinds of thorns and thistles and then mankind itself groans under this curse so creation is groaning under the curse mankind is groaning under the curse and and before I tell you why, all of this is happening, the why behind all of this, it's important that we stop and we first have to take full responsibility for our sin. So when you don't submit to his authority and when I don't submit to God's authority, what happens? Our life is a shipwreck. We add to the shipwreck of the lives around us. And then collectively, we make a shipwreck of our household, the workplace, our city, our state, our country, our continent, the earth. You see how it it just sends ripples out your personal individual sin, not only makes shipwreck of your life, but the life around you, and it sends ripples out. The entire earth is under this curse of sin, each of us sinning against one another. And that the earth just groans under the weight of our sin. So before we can move forward, I have to ask you to do two things. First, Will you admit that you do not submit to the authority of God? Can you admit that? It shouldn't be hard. We all admit, or we see at least in our lives, that we're not under the perfect authority of God. Like we make ourselves our own king, our own God, our own Lord all the time. We don't do the will of God. We do the will of me. So we have to start there. You have to first admit that you do not submit to the authority of God. And secondly, you have to take responsibility for your part in the earth's curse in your sin. We have to stop behaving as victims, blaming God for the poor job he did in making us his image bearers. What kind of an image bearer are you? How well do you reflect the perfect holy good God. What kind of an image bearer on you? On a scale of one to 10, where would you rate yourself as an image bearer? And let me ask you this, who is it that is failing him daily? Is he failing you or are you the one failing him? Yeah, you. Who's to blame? You. May sting, but you have to start there. You have to take you have to own it. Okay. So if you'll own that, do those two things, admit that you don't submit to the authority of God, and understand that it is you who has stepped out from it under the authority of God. Now we can begin to look at the big picture of why God is allowing all of this to happen. Remember, God created all things for his glory. So did his plan go running off the rails? No, of course not. It may look like that if you don't know him, but if you know him, you know, of course his plan didn't run off the rails. Well, then how in the world is he glorifying himself in all of this mess? That's a great question. Fair question. Remember, God glorifies himself in all things. Everything is for his glory. He create. He glorified himself in creation. He is glorifying himself now, and he will glorify himself in the future. So he glorified himself. He is glorifying himself. He will glorify himself. So if you jump over to Ephesians, you start to get a little bit of a preview of that, how we have this mess of sin where we are, hmm, I mean, we're not sick with sin. We're dead in our sin, Ephesians chapter 2. And if you'll notice in Ephesians 2.7, why he is doing this, he's doing all of this for his glory. There was us, Ephesians 2.12, who had no hope, who were, Ephesians 2.13, brought near in Christ and made, Ephesians 2.19, members of God's household. Why? Because of Ephesians 2. Verse 7 again, so that in the ages to come, through all of eternity, God might make known that he might show us that we will see the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I don't have to tell you what kindness is. Do you know what grace is? Grace is something you don't deserve, receiving something you don't deserve. That's God's grace. So we receive something we don't deserve. He shows us the surpassing surpassing riches of his grace. He pours out this uh, surpassing riches of things that we don't deserve in Christ because of his kindness. Does that start sounding a little more like God? Yeah absolutely. We will spend eternity marveling at the grace and the kindness of God and what he did for us in Christ, which you can find in the following verses. By grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What is a gift? Can you do anything for a gift? If you do something for a gift, it's something you've earned or deserve. No, this is a freely given gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. In other words, even your entire life, even as a Christian is all his work for his glory. See, he is restoring all things to himself for his glory. Think about that again. He created all things for his glory, and then all things turned against him, went awry. He is now currently restoring all things to himself for his glory, and he will again make all things new and good and perfect again. That's how the Bible ends. And I would just say this, where do we see all of this, the culmination of all of this? is at the cross. All of God's attributes are playing out there at the cross. The members of God's household will spend eternity in wonder looking at these things, while those who remained free from His authority will spend eternity in hell, bearing the penalty for their rebellion against their Creator. Eternal punishment in hell, weeping and gnashing of teeth, it says, and eternal fire in solitary confinement. They will be under the authority of his perfect justice, whether they want to or not. So no matter where you are today, if you are under the authority of God or you are not under the authority of God, or you think I don't have to be under the authority of God, he still created you. He still keeps your heart beating and your lungs breathing while you sleep at night. And you are definitely still under the authority of God, whether you're in rebellion to that authority or not, you will be under authority of God, especially in the end at the judgment when he pours out his perfect judgment against those who have rebelled against him. He is the sovereign creator who can freely create He can preserve and he can destroy according to his own pleasure for his glory. I know, I know. Hold on. Don't slip back into victim mentality on me now. Remember, who is it that willingly rejects his authority? Is God not just to give a rebel a rebel's penalty? Where is his mercy where is his grace? Hmm. Now we want God. Now we want his mercy. Oh, now we want his grace. Oh, now we want his kindness. After spending an entire life in rebellion against God, refusing to submit to his authority, now at the judgment, now that it's time to pay the piper, now that you must stand before the king, and give an account for your life. And now that the penalty is coming down, now as we cry out for tolerance and kindness and mercy and patience, he is a holy and a just God and he will give a rebel a rebel's penalty. Where is God's mercy? Where is his grace? It's at the cross. It is in Christ. This is your call Right now, to come back under his authority, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, his patience. It is all found in Christ on the cross, dying in your place for your sin. He took the rebel's penalty and God's wrath was pour- poured out in its full on christ on the cross your penalty as a rebel poured out in full yet you refuse to submit your life to christ today Hmm. that's honestly just arrogant that is a scary kind of arrogance who will spit in the face of that kindness of god and continue on your own way, being your own God, and refusing to submit to the authority of not just a holy and just God, but a kind, loving, patient, oh merciful and gracious God, who has even taken your penalty, who has even poured out that that wrath and that justice on his own son. You see, God will. Restore all things, and he will make all things new, and we will see his perfect kingdom made good and holy again. But we are going to marvel for eternity. Uh, how, no matter how God's creation, with the angels in heaven, mankind on earth, even his most powerful angel that he ever created, Lucifer, turning, even with all his creation in rebellion against him, turning against him, sliding out from under his authority, rebelling against him, waging war against him, waging war against one another, above all of that, he is still good. He is still patient and loving and merciful and holy and just and perfectly in control of all things. This won't be an eternal exercise in a theoretically good God. We have seen him and we are now seeing and we will see his attributes in action so that we can know these things are true about him. God has glorified himself and right now he is glorifying himself and he will glorify himself in that is the focus of the Christian's life. That's what we're doing. We are sliding back under the authority of God, marveling at these things, that he would pour out his goodness and his mercy and his grace, patience, and kindness. And we come to see his goodness and his holiness. And we love his perfect justice because his loving kindness and his mercy, is uh, it means something to us because we see that he is perfectly holy and he's perfectly just. and. Uh, We have to come back under the authority of God. We must submit to his authority. So let me just end quickly with how we do that. Our current state, if we are not under the authority of God, Romans 3.12 says that there's none who submits to the authority of God. There's none good. Ephesians 2.1, we are dead in our sins. Colossians 1.13, we are in the domain of darkness. Ephesians 2.3, we are children of wrath. Psalm 69 says if we're uh, out from under his authority our name is not written in God's book of life and Revelation 20:15 if anyone's name is not written in the lamb's book of life they are thrown into the lake of fire to come under God's authority means to turn and to return to God Isaiah 55, seven says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. That returning to God is called repentance. It's a turning from your life out from under his authority and it's turning back and coming back and submitting to the authority of your creator, God. Your creator, by the way, just in case you've never heard it, is Jesus himself. Let me just find this and read this for you real quick. In Colossians chapter one, Colossians chapter one, verses 13 through 23, says this about Jesus. For he, Jesus, rescued us from the domain of darkness, And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created. Let me say that again. By him, Jesus, by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated, and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, and yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, was made a minister. That is golden. Everything you need is in Jesus. He's done everything. He created everything. He's done everything. He's paid your price. And all you need to do is to turn and follow and just Submit to the authority of your creator, God. So, how do you become restored to the authority of God? I've kind of told you a little bit, we've read it a little bit, but here's the thing I'm not going to give you the answer in how to be restored to the authority of God. That's your homework. I can't do it for you. You must repent. You must turn from your selfish, self-loving, making yourself your own authority and your own king, and you must come back under the authority of God. And if you are sincere about submitting to his authority, you will run to him. So I'm going to show you where to run, okay? So start with the gospel of John and read it. Highlight or underline the word believe when you encounter it and keep reading through Acts and Romans and don't stop till you hit the end of your Bible. I love Ephesians and Colossians and Galatians, but really every word is profitable for your return journey to our King. And if you love him and if you are going to submit to him, you will seek him in his word And don't let the enemy move you off that path back towards the king. Persevere, come and travel with the king's people and stay in the safe harbor of his kingdom with his people here on earth. Talk to me. I'll help you do that. I'll help hold you accountable to him and you can help hold me accountable and I'll show you, I'll guide you, but only you can do it. Only thing, uh, let's see, what was the old saying? I don't know. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but something, a man, two things a man has to do on his own his own living and his own dying. Something like that, something to the effect of it. The point is, I can't believe for you, only you can believe. I can't repent for you, only you can repent. I can't return for you, only you can return under the authority of God. Only you can submit to the authority of God. Only you can seek him and only you will be standing there. You will stand alone and give an account for your life for your rebellion or you will sit there and you will say i have no answer i'm guilty and all i have is christ so i just throw myself at the feet of the cross at the foot of the cross that will make more sense but you you'll have to find it for yourself i can't do that for you read the gospel of john read romans ephesians galatians colossians it's all it's all good and wait till you see how it ends horrifying if you are not in the lamb's book of life but oh what glory the glory of god that we see if you are his children in his kingdom members of his own household heirs with christ wow, God glorifies himself and he is glorifying himself. And and that's the Christian life is we sit and we just marvel at his glory and, and we see his goodness. And because he is good and he loves us, we love him and we want to be like him because he's good. That's it. That's today's Letters in Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Letters in grace.